Nice. Got some big fish. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god! This big mama came out. This is the biggest fish I've ever killed bullfish. Thumbs out. Buff salt, baby. <laughs> Good job. What a name. Right here in the rock. Look, there's a big one. Nice job, Taylor. Get him, Smitty. Doubled up, baby. Hey! <laughs> wow. Love boat fishing. Come here. Time for a free boat ride in the AMS boat. Hey! Hey, everybody. Hope you like that new intro. Yeah. What do you think about that, Schmitty? I think it got the it got the blood pumping. Honestly, that makes me want to go shoot some fish. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, something that we thought we'd try and just uh, like I said, the season's here, man. I love looking at social media right now because I know that a lot of stuff is happening. Tournaments are starting. I'm seeing all these bow fishing photos on all the social media sites. Mm -hmm. People are out there sticking some fish. And it is awesome to see. I'm seeing pictures of boats, like I said, and, and um, shooting some big old fish. And um, so welcome to the Boat Fishing Buzz presented by AMS Boat Fishing and... The Mega Mouth Boat Fishing as well. That's right. Episode 34, Schmitty. Holy cow. God, I say that every time, but I just it doesn't seem like we've done that many episodes, <laughs> but huh? cool deal. And uh, I guess since... I've been looking at all the social media sites and seeing everybody out there sticking some fish. We decided we got to get out there too, don't we, Schmitty? Yeah, absolutely. I remember last week we were, last week Thursday, we were building bows, you and I. Mm -hmm. And we were building bows like crazy. And Yep, uh, yep. The old hooligan V2s. Yep, yep. We, I mentioned something. I said, are you shooting fish this weekend? And I, don't, I, thought you, I thought you said no. And then like 20 minutes later, you're like, well, if you want to go, we could probably go shoot some <laughs> fish tonight. Um. But yeah, that was we went on Thursday night. That was that was that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and the reason that we went on Thursday night is because um, we were checking the, the the forecast for the weekend, and we didn't want to be in the water over the weekend because it oh. got down into the single digits here in central Wisconsin. Twenty five mile an hour winds to go with it. Brutal, oh. yeah. brutal. So yeah, we did some bow fishing. Uh, we met up with our good buddy Caleb Meyer, mm -hmm. and uh, we did some bow fishing. Um, and it's always so cool this time of year because. When you go out there, you, you can't go everywhere because of the ice. Yep. You know, there's still a, a lot of ice on the, the main lakes. It's just little chutes and little canals and little sloughs that open up. And um, even then right now up here in the flowages, the water's extremely low. You know, you, you can see that from where it should be to where it is right now. Yeah. But you got the snow chunks on the on the sandbars. You go a little further and you got the, the main um, chunks of ice that are still out there, so mm -hmm. it's really neat. Um, neat this time of year, uh, you got to dress accordingly. Yeah. Um, but man, we we shot enough fish the other night, and we had a good time to where I didn't even notice it was even. I didn't even wear gloves at all the whole night. Well, I know when we when we pulled up, yourself and Caleb were giving me crap about not having bibs on. Right. I remember thinking to myself, Oh gosh, maybe <laughs> I underestimated this this weather a little bit. But yeah, like you said, we were shooting fish enough. At no point did I uh, think to myself, yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm underdressed. That right. was that was really cool, and it, really that's the only time of year when we go out and we'll do that, you know, here and there in early season, and we don't go as much, you know, late season before it ices up. We're always in a tree stand somewhere, um, but it's just weird to be shooting fish when it's you know twenty degrees outside, mm -hmm. twenty five degrees. Yeah, everything's just a little bit 
it's just not what I'm used to as far as, you know, usually shooting them in the summertime, springtime, it's a lot warmer than that. And it's, it's a very cool element, though, to be out there and there's ice everywhere. Right. Uh, slow moving, big fish. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty fun. It was, yeah. it was cool. Yeah, we shot some, some really, some, some, some really good buffs. Yeah. A couple of good buffs. Yep. Um, and even the commons were, and it's so funny because our commons up here, after the first ice up, when you go out and shoot them, they they have a total different character to their body shape than they do come you know June or yeah. something like that. I was impressed. It's Thursday like night. they start absorbing water and holding water, and they get that kind of like a pineapple with their scales kind of look to their to their bodies. There, it's just really cool and really neat to see. And then we also got the old. What we call the old googly eyes. Oh my gosh, yeah, Matt, you were <laughs> doing some questionable things on the boat Thursday night. <laughs> and what I mean by googly eyes is some of these commons, it's like they start getting so like pineappled out and so like absorbing water that their eyeballs start to bulge out of their eyes. And uh, actually, the one that we did shoot <laughs> the other night, Derek, we could actually tell by him swimming in front of the boat because we chased him a little bit, yep. that that was a googly eye because you could actually see his eyeball hanging out of the side of his body. Yep, yep. And uh, we got a little googly eye in the boat. I think we chased googly. I think we chased him for, I think all <laughs> three of us shot at him before yeah. you connected with him. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, that was a good a fish. googly eye. And then uh, Caleb uh, shot the biggest buff yep. of the night. He had a good buff. Yep. yep, really nice fish right there. And I think you shot the biggest common that night. Yeah, um, towards the end, that was cool. Right, right. So it was a good time, and and it's so cool to see everybody out there enjoying the sport that we all love so much, bow fishing. Yep. Um, so keep posting those pictures because um, I really enjoy looking at them. I love re- looking at the uh, tournaments and the stuff like that. There. Um, getting to the tournament side, I just have to give a shout out because when I saw these numbers, I was kind of like, "Wow, that right there is impressive." Um, this past weekend down in Texas, Derek, they had the Texas State Championship. Okay. All right. And Team Obscure Adventures, uh, Pete Gregoire, Logan Gregoire, Nate Carnahan, and uh, Blaine Lutz um, were the Texas State champs in the Big 20 division. Okay, Big 20. Yep, okay. yep. Their total weight of their 20 biggest fish, Derek. Okay. 996 point eight pounds. What is that for an average? That is an average of forty nine point eight four pounds. Um, their heaviest fish was sixty four pounds, oh and they had uh, four others that I believe were over sixty pounds. Um, but that's 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 impressive. I mean, just and they were all small multiples. I was going to say that's just a boat full of big buffs there. That was impressive, right? Wow. There. So shout out to Team Obscure. That's a that's one heck of an average for a twenty big for a big twenty, and especially um, you know Texas State champs. Congrats on that! Wow. And then um, Team Bad Company in the numbers division shot nine hundred and ninety two fish. They were doing some work, so congrats to those guys out there. That's a workout right there. Good lord, that's impressive. You got to be zoned in, (laughs) focused all night long to do that. Holy cow! Right, right. So that was that was really cool. Um, to see those numbers. And like I said, if you want us to give a shout-out to anybody out there on a big fish, on a, on a record type of fish, leave us a message on YouTube channel, um, on, our, on our podcasting networks, on Facebook, on Instagram, and we'll be glad to give you guys uh, your team or a solo out there, a little little shout-out and a hats out to you guys. Yeah. Um, in fact, we did get a I was just going to mention question. him, Matt. Yep, yep, the Dutch Mafia. Right. Where did he send us that, Matt? Uh, that Instagram was on YouTube. That YouTube. was on YouTube. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And when he was asking, he has some boat-specific questions. Um, Mainly his question was how to set up a boat for, for all-night shooting or like an all-night tournament um, between a trolling motor, a kicker rig, a fan, an airboat. Um, do you use just batteries or do you have inverters in the boat? Um, what type of lights do you like? HPS, halogen, LEDs? Um, and um, we're not going to get into that today because that's a little bit of a deeper subject. We'll get there eventually. We will get there. And the reason that we're not going to get to that today, but in one of our you know, next podcast, is because we're going to be calling uh, Jim Ed Gill from Fredonia, Kentucky. All right? And Jim is a commercial fisherman down there. And he is doing a lot of netting on the uh, Kentucky Lakes, mm-hmm. Barkley Lake region down there. So we're going to be calling Jim and having a discussion with him. But we will get to your topic, uh, the Dutch Mafia. In a later podcast. In a later probably. podcast. We'll correct. dive into it. So. Correct. Yep, yep. And um, another thing is um, part two came out today. Yes, we? that's right. Yes. Carbon TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you want to see some bow fishing action... Uh, look up Carbon TV and type in AMS Bowfishing. Um, Wisconsin Nonstop Bowfishing Part Two. Yep. More of some daytime shooting in this in this episode. Some some big fish. Not yep. to spoil anything. But part one was nighttime. Yep. And uh, Part Two is our daytime. Yeah. Action. So go check that out. And one thing I know we we mentioned this Matt the last time we had this podcast when you guys are on Carbon TV and you know we really do hope that you enjoy our content. Um, if you guys want to leave us a carbon TV score, you can leave a score. We actually found out that you, I think you just click right up on that number where it's displayed and you can click it up or down. Um, right. You know, one is, one is the lowest, 10 is the highest, the -hmm. best rank that you could give us. So if you guys would, you know, if you guys like what we're putting out there and give us a carbon TV score, that really helps us, uh, kind of stand out from the rest. And according to... Just our, our numbers and everything, I think we're doing pretty good yeah, on Carbon TV to yeah, start. That's been, really, that's been really cool to see. Absolutely, because one thing about that score, Derek, is at the end of the year, they, Carbon TV has a little, like, awards. Yep. For uh, newest show, you know, um, best of show, um, best um, characters in the show. Yeah, I see they have a best blooper. Oh, I can't wait for you to try to win that one Ooh, sometime this I year. I like that. Yeah. But if you do go in there, we really would appreciate that if you would give us a good score. And um, the, the way to do that is you have to log in to become a member. It's all free, and there's tons and tons of awesome content on Carbon TV from fishing to hunting to archery to camping. Anything outdoors is on Carbon TV. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very so cool. um, go there. And like I said, our next uh, – every – Every two weeks, we'll be putting a new episode out there. And in between those episodes, we'll be putting our podcast videos on there also. Yeah. And that's under the clips um, link right there. Yep. So make sure to check them out. Matt, I want, I'm going to throw this at you. We did not talk about this at all. Okay. But I'm just looking at the dates here. Yeah. Um, paired with when we're thinking about doing something, do we want to tell the listeners what we're waiting for to happen down south? For these next couple of weeks, no, or are we going to keep that a secret? They're going to have to uh, keep checking back on our <laughs> podcast. Okay. All right. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yep. All right. Sorry for the tease, everybody. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's time, Derek. What do you say? Should we give uh, Jim uh, uh, yeah. a little phone call here and get yep. him on? Give him, a, give him a jingle. All right. We've known Jim. 2012, he won 
the second annual AMS Big 30 in Brandenburg, Kentucky. So that's very cool. A couple years ago, we went down to Kentucky. We were shooting fish with him. Let's see what uh, Jim has to say. He was all crappie fishing when I talked to him earlier. Oh, God, jealous. Jim, how you doing? This is Matthew and Derek from the Bowfishing Buzz. Hey, Jim. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Derek. How are you? We are doing great. I bet you you're doing better than we are because when I talked to you Oh, 40 minutes ago to make sure that we had a good connection. You were on the water crappie fishing. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> any, nice any day out there. Last day out there for crappie fishing? No, nice day. Oh, nice day. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Any luck with any big old slabs yet? Uh, not yet this morning. Not yet. They're uh, playing hard to get. <laughs> we're actually, so what is the temperature down there? Just curious, Jim, right now. 65. 65. Oh, wow. Okay. And right now, we are under a winter weather advisory up here in Wisconsin. <laughs> Have fun. Keep it up there, please. Uh, but, yeah, keep um, it up there. Y'all still froze up, right? Um, you know what's weird, Jim? I was ice fishing three weeks ago, and it was 60 degrees. This past weekend, wow. it got down to the single digits. Yeah. So There's ice. Up north, there's ice you could fish on. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, <laughs> y'all are in Wisconsin, correct? Yes, sir. So what is up north? We are the northern tip of the state, yeah, I guess. Actually, we're located in central Wisconsin, so when we drive about a hundred miles north of here, that's up north. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> we consider like the Tomahawk Monaco area up north. Yeah. Here. Yep. Yeah, it's about a hundred miles from here. But um, but Jim, uh, we're glad that you came on and joined us because this is going to be an interesting podcast because. You own and operate Gills Fisheries uh, down there in the Fredonia, Kentucky area. Yes, and sir. Um, like Derek said before this, I met you back in 2012, had no idea who you were, didn't even know you were in the tournament back then, the AMS Big 30 in Brandenburg, Kentucky. I didn't even know you guys were in it um, until you guys ended up winning first place in the tournament that year. <laughs> And it, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but I guess it was. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and, um, and it's just funny because ever since then, I knew you. I, I, I talked to you after the tournament, and I kind of knew you, and I kind of followed you on social media. I'd come down here once in a while, and, and uh, Dennis Redden would talk about you. And um, you were, when I would come down here to shoot the tournament, you were one of the teams that we had to compete against, and we knew we had to compete against. Shooting against shooting big heads on the rivers down there because you guys were awesome at shooting some giant big heads down there, um, and it was fun to compete against you. What was what's the biggest big head yet you've ever shot, Jim? The biggest one that I've shot. Yeah. Oh gosh. Is it over seventy? Mm. No, I no? think I've, I think my biggest is a sixty-eight. Man, that's a big fish! Oh. Wow. Uh, my younger sister actually shot an 87, oh an 86. Wow. 86, 8, I think, or something. Oh. Yeah. Yep. But you were, back then, uh, like from 2012 until until you got into your commercial fishing, you were big-time, uh, you know, competitor shooting in tournaments, and not just in yeah. Kentucky, but all across the U.S. You were shooting in a lot of tournaments. Team Triple X, was it? That's right. Yep. 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 Well, that's really cool, but... Um, but we're going to get into your commercial fishing lifestyle now, Jim. So um, I would like to know, when did you get the itch to become a commercial fisherman, and why did you lean that way? Well, I heard about 
this was, uh, I guess, would be the spring of 2019, and I heard about they had a subsidy program going for the Asian carp. You know, we, we're on Kentucky and Barkley Lake and Ohio and Cumberland and Tennessee River here in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and we, we see the problem firsthand. You go out crappie fishing like today and see them all over the side scan or, you know, you're bluegill fishing, they jump in the boat or bass fishing. All the talk is how destructive they are. And mm-hmm. I, I started hearing about this subsidy program, me and a buddy of mine, and we were talking one day on lunch break. He was a union operator, and I was, uh, uh, let's see, I wasn't in the union at the time. I was just doing some uh, some welding work, some iron work, okay. working two different jobs. He was in Paducah, I believe, and I was in Clarksville. And on lunch break one day, we decided that we were going to quit our jobs and commercial fish for Asian carp. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> just like that. And I think two days later, I quit my job. I'll be darn. Wow. With no equipment yet? No equipment. Oh my gosh! Wow. wow. <laughs> so we were going to use a. We were going to strip the bow fishing boat and use it, and then ended up we found one that week. Found a boat, bought it, got some old junk nets together, and went after it. Wow, hmm. wow. So did you have to get any like type of commercial license when you started out and, and stuff like yeah, that? Also, Kentucky offers a free commercial. It's an Asian carp only license. You don't. It doesn't cost you anything. Okay. You're allowed to keep silver carp, big head carp, and grass carp. Okay. Every other every other species, you know, buffalo, commons, things like that. You have to let them go. You can't sell them. But with okay. the free license, you can sell all the Asian carp you want. I guess it's kind of an incentive to get people to come here and catch them. Right. You know, a little less overhead to get going. Absolutely. That that makes great sense, you know, because of the invasiveness that they have created down there on the lakes. So that's right. a really cool incentive for that. <laughs> yep. Jim, can you tell us, you mentioned that you had to go buy a different boat. Can you just dive in a little bit deeper on the, the boat that you have and the equipment that you have to use to do this successfully? The original boat that we bought, we were we were going to start with, uh, or we did start with it, a twenty six seventy two. That was a Potts Plate boat. Wow. Yeah, that's a big a boat. Good size yeah, boat. that's a big boat. <laughs> Thirty inch side, something like that. And it, I think it, at one point the most we had in it was ninety seven hundred pounds. Oh that was absolutely gosh. loaded. Wow. Now uh, <laughs> that was two thousand. That would have been fall of two thousand nineteen. Now with uh, in 2022, I have a 3484 Oquaka wow. with um, about 40 inch sides. Jeez, so, that how do you turn around with that thing in the parking lots? <laughs> about, well, luckily it's on a gooseneck. It's on a, a 40 foot gooseneck trailer. Oh, so okay. It's, it's a little bit easier. Yep. Than yep. A, you know a bumper hitch or bumper right. pull. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, is it's, a it's changed a little bit, and wow. I think the most I've had in that boat was just over 20,000. Oh my pounds. gosh. 20,000 pounds of silvers and big heads. Of silvers and big heads. One day. Good grief. One that day, is a one load. Set. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Yep. So, so Jim, um, do you use any, like, type of special sonars or any type of, like, live scopes to find schools of silvers? Well, I know live scope has been tried to locate large schools, but you need to be able to see, you know, 150 feet or so. Okay. And the live scope kind of gets blurry out to that far. Uh, some people use use the Mega 360. I myself, okay. I yep. just have a, a Helix 12, and yep. I use uh, the Mega Imaging. Okay. And that's how I, I go in. and You know, you'll pull into a bay or a flat or something like that, and you kind of watch. I mean, it's just like whenever you're bow fishing, you know, you watch the top of the water, and yep. you see one jump, you go check it out. Wow. 
So, so just curious on those type of sonars, when you get into a large school of fish, that just has to blow your mind what you're looking at on your yeah, sonar, knowing what's underneath the water. The crazy part is, it, even if you're, say, a 12-inch, you know, a 12-inch Humminbird Helix unit, say your screen is completely full of carp, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to say there's a thousand fish there that you, that you can see on your screen, you know? Mm-hmm. There's probably more like ten or twenty thousand fish no that you're kidding. looking at. Wow! You're you're not seeing a tenth of what's there. Wow! wow. Good That's work. incredible. It, it's absolutely mind-boggling how many really are there. <laughs> that is crazy. Jim, what was yes. the what was the learning curve like um, to get good at this? Did you have anyone to help you? You know, t- guide you through it at all? <laughs> yeah. You, uh, Matt, you know Tanner Taylor, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yep. yep. Yeah, me and, me and him actually started doing this together, and we about starved to death <laughs> for the first month or two, probably. Uh, yeah, probably two months. Sure, sure. And then, uh, man, it, it just, every day you go out, you learn something different, you see something different, and it, it makes it really, really easy to learn fast whenever you put a big, long net out, and it's empty, and it's about 95 degrees out here. Oh. And you got to pull it all in and go again. <laughs> I can imagine. It makes, the, uh, it makes a very, very quick learning. Yeah, I bet. Mm. I bet. Wow. Yep, yep. And that's uh, that's that's interesting um, because it's it it's almost goes right back to scouting for tournaments for you know to shoot in a tournament. That learning curve that you learn from the very first time you got into tournaments to when you end up you know after competing in tournaments for several years, kind of like yeah. same thing here with your commercial netting. The same thing, your learning curve from the beginning to to where you are now actually how long right. have you been commercial netting gym right now uh let's see this this june will be three three years three years yeah. okay this all right june will be three years and just out of curiosity are you is there you you were probably like one of the first ones to start doing this on the lakes weren't you um there was a few other crews probably okay no, the guys have been uh let's see there's a couple there's there's two different ways that people do it one way is what's called dead setting that's uh you, you have shorter nets they they stay three feet under the water go out of an evening time put your nets out and you come back the next day and you pull them. and okay. then there's guys that go out and will block a bay completely off with a net that goes from the surface all the way to the bottom okay right? but you're not allowed in kentucky to leave those nets floating unintended you have to pull them. sure so what you do is you'll go out in the morning you find fish make your set catch them and then you pull them and pick them out of the net that day. Okay. And that's what you do, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Now, do you put those nets in like a circle, Jim? Uh, or do you just put them straight? If I'm going to fish, a, you know, if you're going to fish a wide open area, a flat or something, you know, you, you put your net out and try to get around that exact school of fish. Okay. But for instance, if you're going to fish coves and bays and little pockets somewhere that has you know, two hard points on either side that you can run a net across, then I'll then I'll do more of a straight line. Okay. All right. And do you make, like, a drive with the boat to kind of, like, corral the fish in to those areas, or do you just kind of sit yeah, back and like, let them do their thing? If there's fish in a bay, you know, you can you can block the bay off, and then you take the boat and go in and get behind them, and then you make all kinds of noise and racket, and it, obviously it runs them out. You know, they don't like sure, it. right. They, they try to get away from the noise. Yep, yep. I can if just, you get them in a circle, you still have to have to jump in the middle of the circle and drive around in there and, and push them into the net. Wow. That's got to hmm. be a, a sight to see. Yeah. Um, 
when you get that many fish going into an area. I know you discussed like some of the species that you are allowed to get, Jim. Um, but I'm guessing there's quite a bit of difference between the amount of silvers that you get compared to big heads. Um, um, or, or is there not really a big difference between the two? No, there there is a huge difference. Mostly now that I'm circle setting, <clears throat> I'm circle setting right now. Oh, okay. And, and I'm catching probably 99, maybe more than 99% silvers. There okay. are days, a lot of days that I don't catch a single other fish other than silver carp. Wow. Oh. Wow. You know, and, and you'll have 10,000 pounds of silvers in that set and nothing, not another fish in there. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah, not, not even any game is. fish, huh? No. Very, wow. very, very, very few game fish. Wow. That's that's crazy. I, so you're actually. I can count on one hand the crappie and bass that I've caught in uh, in three years. Oh, that's, my that's, gosh. That's, that's crazy incredible. to me. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So So right now, while we're on the phone with you, Jim, you're actually out setting nets right now. No, I'm crappie fishing oh. right now. Oh, I thought you said you were circle netting or something like that. I'm sorry. Well, I, it, and that's the style I'm fishing right now whenever I am net fishing. Okay, got you, got you, got A couple you. months ago I was blocking bays, but now I'm going back to uh, the circle setting. Fish are getting, as the water warms up, the fish are going to get faster. They're going to get smarter. It's harder to see them on sonar. And you have to be quicker than they are. Okay, hmm. got you. Okay, got you. That makes sense. Jim, what's yeah. what is your heaviest one day haul? Just over, be just over twenty thousand. I think it was twenty thousand and hundred and ten or one hundred and twelve pounds. Wow, good lord! <laughs> Twelve hours. Yeah. That's that's just crazy. And that, and you're just you're just strictly doing this right there on the lakes. You're not going. Are, do you do any netting on the tailwaters, like on the rivers? No, no I fished the river. One or two times, and that was on the Mississippi. Okay. And uh, no, I'll, I I strictly fish Kentucky and it's ninety nine. Wow. Like, is where I stay. Wow, that's Jeez. pretty cool. <laughs> um, so the next question that we have for you, Jim, is what do you do with the catch of silvers, or once you have your boat load, what's the process? You get back to the boat landing. Now what happens? Now what takes place? Well, you get back to the boat landing, you hope that your winch doesn't mess up so you can get, <laughs> get the fish on, on the trailer. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> get up to the market, we unload them, and uh, the market that we're currently, you know, most of our fish are going to, they go to a place in Illinois where they're ground up for a meal protein for, like, animal food, pet food, oh. you know, things like that. That's that's awesome. That's being a renewable yeah. resource like that. That's um, right. And there are, there are other markets that are doing, uh, I know, some bait for crab now. Yeah, and there are also a, I think there's one, maybe two human consumption markets. Wow, and that yeah. I, I mean that's that's awesome to have that available because of the invasiveness of these fish to have these things available to where we can use this, you know, mm-hmm. use these. Right. I mean that's that's right. awesome. The, the supply is endless, you know. There, wow. Unless something chemical or or whatever happens, they're mm-hmm. they're not going nowhere for a long time. That's you know? crazy. Now, Jim, isn't there a, a the Aurora Fish Company right there close by? Do you take the fish to that place also? Uh, I have not yet sold to them. Okay. They just got opened up and flowing. All right. But, um, yeah, they're, they're there, and I think they're in the bait market is what they're doing. I think that's crab bait, maybe lobster bait, stuff like that. Okay, because that's right there on the lakes pretty much, isn't it, in Aurora? Yeah, yep. Aurora is uh, that's right on Kentucky Lake, and it isn't. Probably ten minutes from Barkley. Okay. All right. So, so you have to drive into Illinois to to um, get your fish taken care of. No, sir. They have a they have a receiving uh, uh, 
facility here in Eddieville, Kentucky. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So I'm guessing yep. they take you take them there, unload them, and then they freeze them. They freeze uh, them. No, they they go on a reefer truck and they go straight up there and they get oh. they get ground fresh. Okay. Oh, all right. And then they get ground and then dried. Wow, that's cool. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So, Jim, you uh, obviously have a lot of th- a lot of stuff coming through those nets. What's the most memorable or craziest thing that you've ever seen in one of your sets? Man, I could talk about this for a while. <laughs> oh, this sounds interesting. I kind of like this. <laughs> we've we've literally caught everything you can imagine. I mean, it, you know, as far as things on the bottom of the lake, obviously, because man-made. So there was houses and cars and wagons and you know whatever everything under where the lake is now we've caught pieces of car frames couches <laughs> oh. i mean oh my gosh. Pound buffalo that dennis redden wants me to tell where they are <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, we've caught it all that's for sure good grief that's incredible yeah there's i, I think we caught some pieces of plows you know uh Old drilling hooks from where they used to uh, braille fish for the mussels on on the lake. Wow. I mean, other gill nets. It's just <laughs> it's insane. Wow. So I, I caught an axle one time too. That was terrible. Did you really? Oh, <laughs> you imagine yeah, lifting the, that the thing. Very, up. The absolute worst that I've caught was the other day, and it wasn't that big or heavy. Usually, it's bad because you people put out brush for fish, and you catch a tree, and it's got fourteen concrete blocks wired to it, and you've got to pull it in or cut your net. So. Jeez. The other day, I caught a piece of chain-link fence, Ooh. and it just so happened to have about a 30-pound a silver right beside it, and he wrapped it all up in a ball, and it's a brand-new net. I just built this net, oh, man. so I didn't want to cut it. So we have to we have to take and break apart every one of these little chain links in this oh, fence. God. It took about an hour and a half to do a four-foot section. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot terrible. of work. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It's a very physical job. Absolutely. And, and like you said, do you do um, some of your netting when it gets, like, hot down there and muggy and, you know, 100 degrees and, and stuff yes, like that? Sir. Do you do uh, some of the netting at nighttime also, or is it just yes, in the daytime? Uh, about about July, we generally have to go to nighttime. It just It's too much, too hot. The fish get too hot. You know, if you... It's mm-hmm. everything's better at night except for the bugs. That's not better. Okay. All right. And so I'm guessing that you've got a bunch of big lights on out there and stuff like that oh, also. Yeah. You look like another yep. bow fisherman out there then. That's right. <laughs> except That's you're right. getting a lot more fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've actually had bow fishermen uh, come up while I was I was on one end of the net picking it, and they were driving their boat down the net shooting fish that were in the net. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> that has happened. Yeah. Uh, and then of course the arrow is going to get stuck in the net when they're trying to crank oh, it back yeah. <laughs> oh yep. my gosh wow so my next question jim is have you noticed a difference down there when you first started commercial netting um to where it is now as far as some of the changes as far as it being is it is it being beneficial to the lake or to the ecosystems or do you still see just tremendously large amounts of silvers in those bodies of water yet still giant of silver carp here really definitely mm. definitely giant numbers but it is nowhere near as bad as it was three years ago oh, okay. you can go you go to the gas station well 
an average person isn't going to hear about it. But whenever I pull up and I have a big carp boat and they ask what I do and I tell them, they say, man, we haven't seen a fish jump in, you know, whatever, six months. Right. Three years ago, four years ago, they would just beat us to death. So it, it seems to be making a difference. But sure, there awesome. is still a, a large mass of fish here. Man, man. I remember years ago, this is like probably six, seven years ago, going into Barkley on some back bays and just idling out to where we're going to start bow fishing or start before we could take off with the boat. And there yeah. used to be just a, a large number of, of silvers jumping behind the boat. And and those silvers on the lakes were a lot bigger oh, yeah. than They're the silvers. Yeah, I mean, you get hit with one of those as you're puddling across a bay it's going to knock you silly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I guess me and everybody else that commercial fishes and probably a lot of boat fishermen have been hit. I almost got knocked out wow. last year. I, I bet. Us. Yeah. I can see where that yeah, can there. happen very easily, <laughs> especially yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, we have wow. a long relationship, and I still hate the fish now like I did when <laughs> I first found them. I guess uh, that's kind of part of what drove me to do it. I mean, obviously, knowing that I could – be on the water every day mm-hmm. and and possibly make a living and it turns out to where it's you know it's been a pretty good gig it has and, That's you know, I, I want them gone yep. but it would make me sad to not be able to do this anymore at the same time right it's kind of a love-hate relationship <laughs> right that's right <laughs> wow well Derek, you brought up um a little bit ago about what we were planning on doing here shortly mm-hmm. when the time is right and it's actually what we're going to be doing is we're going to be coming down to Kentucky, and we're going to be going out with you um, oh, yeah. for one of your little netting excursions for the Silvers. And I, I'm looking so forward to that, to yeah, seeing this process, cool. to seeing what comes in the nets. So I'm really looking forward to coming down here and, and hooking up with you, Jim, getting out there and having you show us this whole process. We're going to film the whole thing so we can show it to the, to the audiences as well. But, nice. um, but I'm really looking forward to getting down there and, and hooking up with you. Um, and thank you for, for what you do down there to help, you know, the ecosystem down there because Kentucky and Barkley Lakes are, are huge bodies of water, and they're a tremendous resource down there. So I think what you're doing is, is very beneficial to the lakes, and we really thank you for doing that, Jim. Awesome. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad to be able to do it. And uh, I think you shot your fair share as well, haven't you? I shot a couple, yeah. Yeah, two or three. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them. Yep, yep. But yeah, um, it's, it's going to be a good time. Y'all are, are going to have a whole new outlook. Absolutely. And and like I said, Jim, I've known you since 2012 when you were just this young kid, you know, bow fishing. I actually looked at that picture today um, when you guys won first place in the Big 30 back then. And to, yeah. and, and like to see where you've, you've come now, you, you're married now, you've got a beautiful little girl, and um, – yep. It's so cool, and I, I'm I'm very happy for you, and everything's going well for you down there. So, um, thank you for joining us today on the podcast, and we look forward to coming down in the next couple of weeks and um, having you take us out for some fun, Jim. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, best of luck out there, crappie fishing today. Yeah. I hope you get some nice slabs for some fish fry, and um, we'll be talking to you soon, Jim. Awesome. Hey, it was good talking to you boys. I'll see you on a couple of weeks. All Thanks, right, Jim. sounds good, Jim. Take care. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. I tell you what, Matt, I was interested in what that was going to be like before that call, and now I, I can't wait to see what in the world is going to be. I don't really know what to expect. What? How big do you say the boat was? 34? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big rig. That's wow, a big rig. That is awesome. Of course, it was. Yeah, I heard him say Aquaca. That's a, a custom boat dealer in Illinois, um, where he had that made. We used to have one. Yep, we used to have Aquaca. It's a custom boat dealer, but um, it's it's pretty cool to hear Jim's story to see where he started out to where he is now. And uh, like I said, I followed him. You know, and um, I'm glad for him. I'm really glad for him that he's doing well down there, and um, it's really cool. So. Hats off to Jim, and, and remember that you can watch this on the video podcast. I forgot to mention that earlier yeah. on our YouTube page, and then also on Carbon TV. Those are going to be out there, or just straight audio podcast. Um, one cool thing, Derek, that's coming up is right now the the Bow Fishing Association of America are doing auctions on their Facebook page. Okay, all right, yep. they're doing hunts you know, prizes and stuff like that there, and people are putting in bids, and the bids are stayed up for a couple of days, and then the highest bidder, when the cutoff line comes, wins that that auction that yep. they're running, yep. okay? And they've got a bunch of them out there, and where that money goes to is it goes to the World's Bowfishing Championship, the big tournament that they're having this year down in Louisiana. Yep, yep. Um, they started that last year, and it went over very well for them, so this is how they add money to the pot. Well, one cool thing about that, Derek, is – AMS Bowfishing is going to be donating two American hooligan okay. bow kits. Okay, very cool. Yep. Um, an AMS hoodie and some AMS hats, all right? And Megamouth yep. is donating a couple hats, uh, a Megamouth hoodie, and then one Megamouth reel. Awesome. That's yep. awesome. So um, you can go there and keep checking uh, the Bowfishing Association of America's Facebook page, and you can keep uh, checking that out, and, and and pretty soon they'll post it up there when that auction goes live, and you can start placing bids for those awesome American-made AMS Bowfishing products right there. Yeah, yeah. Go to a great cause. Absolutely. And it, like I said, it goes to the Bowfishing Association's tournament down there is where all that money goes to, so um, a great deal. And remember, now is the time. The season is here. Yeah. Make sure to join your your local, you know, state bow fishing organizations. Join the Bow Fishing Association of America, and um, the more numbers we have, the better it is for us when we need to go and fight for your bow fishing rights yep. out there. So um, keep checking back with all that stuff and and join those clubs and uh, get out there and do some bow fishing. We're going to be getting out here. Once this weather turns, like I said, right now we're in a winter weather advisory. Yeah, it's maybe twenty. Uh, like legit, is it twenty degrees out? Yet I don't today? think it's even twenty. Yeah, we've got some ice, some snow, some freezing. We're supposed to get like a bunch of freezing rain. Oh, that's nice. Ice. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So yeah. Um, one thing I want to say, Matt. Yeah. It's March 29th. I just looked down at that date right there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not what I was gonna say, but we're gonna do. Like Matt mentioned, too, um, we're going to be going down with Jim Ed here when that weather turns nice. Yeah. Um, and we're going we're gonna to film a whole bunch of the, the whole process. So just, you know, just be on the lookout for stuff like that. You'll be able to relate back to what we're talking about now really well with some mm-hmm. of the footage that we're going to be able to get right. down there. Right. Um, so, yeah, just be on the look for that. Um, and the next thing we're going to do, Matt, I did this last time we had a podcast. What do you got, Schmitty? I'm going to give you a quote. Edward, I'm going to mix this up. You guys remember, got to put this quote in the boat. Last week was the mountain lion steak. 
Oh, I remember that. Remember? Yep. That was Ted Nugent. Yep. So this week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quote. you got to guess who said the quote. And then you have to try to tie it into how you can relate it to shooting some fish. Oh, so I got a double whammy coming yes. towards me here. Yes. You got all kinds of stuff that you got to do. All right. Okay. I have it memorized, actually. It was like on a poster in our high school locker room. So you might get it. You might get it. Okay, here's the quote. Winners never quit, and quitters never win. Who said that quote? That, I'm going to guess, would, was your high school basketball coach. No, no. It's someone much <laughs> more famous than, than that. No. No. Repeat that again? I, don't, I might mix it up, but it was, winners never quit, and quitters never win. I can see the poster right now. The guy who said it standing there. His long uh, cloak. I'm going to need a a little hint. <laughs> All right. Because um, I have no idea. Green Bay Packers. Brett Favre? Nope. Vince Lombardi. Yes, there you go. Okay. There you go. Now, Matt, how could you take Vince Lombardi's words there, winners never quit, quitters never win, and associate that to your bow fishing career or, so, or how you can uh, use that to be a better bow fisherman? Okay, I've got one example. Okay. Oh, yeah, a this. story or something, anything. I, I do. I have one story on, on something like this here. Is okay. Quite a few years ago, we were shooting in the director's tournament director's. on the Illinois River. Okay. All right? And they had, like, the biggest or heaviest overall fish was, like, a $2,000 prize or oh, wow. $1,500 prize. Yeah. All right? And um, so we went out that night, and we shot um, some grass carp. Nothing very big. Um, one was decent. And um, we thought we were just having a terrible night on the water. Um, Uh-oh. This is going to go one of two ways. So as we're we're coming back to the boat launch, um, I see another competitor's truck is still parked at the boat launch. And I saw them come down the river, and they had a smaller boat. Yeah. Okay. So, that, well, I'm just going to stay here and. Make sure that they come back because this time where people should start coming back to the boat landings and start heading back into weigh-ins. Yep, yep. Didn't see him and didn't see him and didn't see him, didn't see him. Finally, I see a little light come around the corner, way down the river, and we buzzed down and it was them guys. So they were all good to go. So we went back, and I and I was tired because it actually was a day shoot. Oh, also boy. and then the those night are, shoot. Those are tough. Yeah. And I was like, guys, man, we just had a, yeah, we got fish, but we didn't got nothing special here. We're not even going to do nothing. Oh, I no. says, we're just going to go in and. So we we actually went back to the to the weighing headquarters there, and we didn't even weigh. We just took all of our fish, and th- they had a refrigerated uh, tractor trailer there. So we just threw all our all of our fish in one of the bins right yep. there, and then we kind of sat around there. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah, we had we would have had the heaviest fish. Well, do you remember what the weight of the fish was? It was like thirty seven pounds or something like that. Our grassy was, but I thought there would have been some bigger fish shot. Really. Yeah. Yep. And um, and that just goes to show, even though you might be having a rough night, doesn't mean that everybody out there is Slaying having them. a heyday. Right, right. Um, everybody could be struggling that night just because of the weather or, or whatever happened. Um, but, yeah, so we were a quitter that night. So And quitters never win, and you guys did not win. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think that, too, um, with the Big 20 every year, we'll have a couple teams that don't come back to weigh in, you yep. know? Yep. And I always think, man, oh, man, you – 
you put in all that time and effort and everything and, and gas to go do it, and then you could come back here and you could still, I mean, with the stuff that we give away at the tournament, uh, the average Joe's right. award, uh, I mean, there's all yeah. kinds of stuff that you could, you know, you could still have a really, really good day. That's right, because Corey Brossman does the average Joe. Right, which I think is so cool that that goes to, you know, yep. the average team like that. It keeps everybody is, in the in the running for it. Right, and that's a two-day stingray trip. Yeah. Out in Delaware. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could win that. And we have bows for the heaviest certain species, you know, buff, common carp, dogfish, gar. So those don't need to be, you know, your buffs and your gars aren't, don't necessarily need to be giant fish. You just never know if anybody right. might even get one. Your drum, you know. Yep. So yep. you can win a bow that way also. Yep. But yeah, Derek, that night we were a quitter and we were a loser. That was a perfect, that was, I promise everyone, that was not, that was not scripted it at all. We not. did not discuss that, but that, no. that lines up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that quote, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. good deal, <laughs> good deal. Uh, all right, Matt, is it time for a product highlight? Gibber Schmitty, I'm right. ready for a product highlight. So, with the season starting, one of the most important things that you, a piece of equipment that you got to have and you got to have confidence in, it needs to perform for you is your arrow, and more specifically, your arrow shaft. Um, mm-hmm. So, we're going to be talking about the Lava Crux arrow shaft. The premium Lava Crux is an AMS exclusive, patent pending shaft that consists of a solid carbon core wrapped in high-grade fiberglass. This combination creates the straightest bowfishing arrow with more spine for nearly perfect arrow flight, not to mention its silky smooth finish. This arrow is preferred by tournament shooters for its more stable, accurate shot. Points are pinned to the shaft for more security. Uh, recommended for those shooting higher draw weights and 100% made in the USA. Yay. Absolutely. Um, I know just uh, assembling these in the shop, Matt, they are so much more, they have so much more of a spine Absolutely. than your traditional fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they penetrate in deeper water much better, too. Right, right. The cool thing that I really love about the Lava Crux is you have the carbon core wrapped in fiberglass. Yeah, and okay. yet just to explain that, it's it's a black core. If you guys haven't seen it, it's a black core wrapped in yellow fiberglass. Right. Um, if a lot of you bull fishermen remember the old yellow jackets or the carbon spines, where you had a fiberglass arrow and you had carbon black um, running down um, the sides of those arrow shafts. Um, this is what separates a lava crux from those type of arrows is after a time, those those carbon strands can splinter yeah. and start deep, deep fraying from the fiberglass, and you'll get little carbon strands that actually poke out of that fiberglass shaft. Well, with the lava crux, you don't have to worry about that because the carbon is wrapped in fiberglass. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about those, those you know, fraying out like that. So that's a, a really huge benefit to the AMS Lava Crux arrow right there. Yeah. And, of course, Matt, you can get that Lava Crux arrow shaft on an Anchor QT, RFX, Chaos QT, or Chaos FX as well, whatever you prefer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to wrap up Episode 34, Schmitty. Yeah, that was a solid uh, 46 minutes. Wow, that flies. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. flies. Mm-hmm. We can't thank uh, Jim... Ed Gill from Fredonia, Kentucky with Gill Fisheries for joining us today. And I hope you learned a little bit about commercial netting and the process of that and what it all takes and and a bunch of information that Jim gave us on his commercial fishing adventures down there. That sounds cool. Can't wait to get down there with him and join him. That's going to be really cool. I'm uh, very interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. So from all of us at AMS Bow Fishing, we wish you the best of luck. And remember, aim low, think big. Thanks for listening, everybody.